village table. I'm, I'm laughing right now because we are having all sorts of fun technical difficulties with our microphones, but we got it figured out, so we're pretty excited about that. And today we have with us uh, Janae and David, and we're excited to be here, right guys? It is good to be back with the Village Table after taking a little hiatus uh, summer break for a while. I think we've been back since then. Yeah, you guys was. have been, but I've uh, been a little bit wrapped up in the, in the school business, so thanks for having me back with you. We are glad to have you back. I know that you add a dimension that is needed and helpful. So today, we're kind of continuing our conversation that Janae and I started last time about how to really kick off a good year for your kids, some goals to have. And I kind of feel like this is kind of like setting a New Year's resolution. Every August, September rolls around, you're like, I'm going to get the kids to bed on time. We're going to eat good meals. We're not going to, you know, overpack our schedule. And then like two weeks later, you're like, I broke every resolution possible. So today we're going to give ourselves the grace that maybe that's happened. And what are some, I don't know, let's say habits that kind of get broken early on that you want to stay away from breaking in a new school year? Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of important that we keep um, priorities when we look in our, whether it's our workforce, our family time, our faith journey. we got to keep the priorities in place. And there's going to be what we call those uh, bumps in the road. There are going to be those obstacles that come our way. There's going to become those days that just have things happen that are out of the ordinary. Uh, but keeping the priorities helps everybody to understand the schedule and understand what we're doing together and having a reason for doing it together. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I think that, you know, even just as a single person, sometimes we let stress or the other expectations that other people have for us kind of derail us as well. And I think you're really right with your priorities. When you know what your priorities are, um, that helps keep you from that derailing process. So as I hear you, I'm a little bit convicted myself. Yeah. Well, and the tough thing with priorities is there's a lot of emotion right now. Emotion around work situations, financial situations, people's fatigue even. And it's making sure that our priorities are set. We've got some accountability around them. Um, I think whether you're single and raising kids or, you know, you're doing it as a couple, you, you've really got to build some accountability and sometimes to talk and say, are we hitting those priorities or are we just kind of wafting with emotion? Is wafting the right word? I think it is that now. That works. It does. Yeah, yeah it, it works. works now. All right. Your hand motion really gives us understanding of what happens. We get tossed to and fro <laughs> with things. It's true. It's true. All right. So uh, some of the priorities that we want to look at today are, um, you know, getting our kids to bed on time. How do you do that? Because that's an easy one to go out the window. Like, oh, we'll just go half an hour late tonight, half an hour late tomorrow night, hour the next night. Oh, well, so much for bedtime. How do you stick to that bedtime ritual? 
I look back to the good old days when kids were younger, establishing that from the parental side first. You know, Mm -hmm. we have to show them that we're going to do this. We have to say, this is our time to sit down and have a meal together. This is our time to play together, whether it's sports in an activity, whether it's a just going to the backyard and having the swing set time or the trampoline time, and then saying, okay, let's wrap up what we have to from the day, homework, uh, getting the, the bath and shower, and those are priority scheduled things so that we say, okay, nine o'clock's here. We're, it's, everybody's wound down and we're going to be going to bed. Mom and dad model that too in the, in the home where you've got uh, mom and dad. It's, I think it's been very important for us to do that in the younger years when our kids were younger. Boy, when they grow up, they're, they're adults. <laughs> it's totally different now. So I've got to let yeah. go of that and they dictate their schedules and they've got their consequences to not following that, as do I. Right, right. But while they're in those younger years, I mean, you as a couple, you need that time once your kids go to bed. And you as a single person might need that time also. So it's walking the rituals with them leading up to bedtime and then explaining, you know, we need our time too. I need my time. Um, It's not everybody going to bed at 8 o'clock at night. Although that sounds really good. (laughs) Yeah. I think that having, you know tools in our life I think I know for me I have the Apple phone where it can give you like a hey it's time to wind wind down it gives me some of those visual clues on my phone um, I'd say use your visual clues of like the darkness at night but that's going to be getting to us as the sun's going down a lot earlier and then with the time change coming up soon probably not the best way to to get us going but I think maybe if you have a timer set on your phone where it's like hey when that timer goes off, we're knowing that it's going to be time to start our bedtime routine, whatever mm-hmm. your routine is. And I think, especially for the younger kids, having a routine that both you and dad follow for how they're supposed to go, it's going to help them be successful. It's going to help them know what to do and help them be independent. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great. I hang out um, with some friends of mine and they've got littles and that 630 hits and, and they're bathing and they're getting story time done and prayers done. It's those rituals that also signal, hey, we're settling down for the night and, and it's our time. I don't know if this is a sign of my age. Um, please laugh with me, Donna. Uh, in the good old days, I used to have an alarm clock that had to get me up. Mm. I've got an alarm clock that tells me when to go to bed now, yeah. and I wake up in the morning. Yeah. But, you know, our kids don't have that internal yeah. clock yet sometimes, and they yeah. may challenge that, and they may push that. So being able to help them with that evening time routine, the priority that, hey, we're going to close our night together with this, and we're going to step away, and we're going to be... Um, going to our bedrooms and devices are moved and lights yeah. are out yeah. and mom and dad do that too. Yeah, and those devices, that's a that's a big deal. You know, if we're letting kids game right up to bedtime, I mean, that's, that's all of those senses that they're not, I mean, you need time away from that. You need time f- to not have that light that's coming from the video game, not have that stimulation. It can almost gear you up rather than slowing you down. I agree, and that's something that 
I've received that encouragement from others mm. to even do that as an adult, to slide the device away from the, the hands it, at night uh, because it's very easy to get caught up in watching videos on YouTube or, yeah. or watching the latest news of the day on Facebook or watching that game or checking highlights. Boy, and it, it does amp up. It does have us at a point where we're just, ugh. Um, you talk about the sense engagement, the senses that are um, on overdrive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, just a curiosity question for you guys. You work with a lot of kids, um, obviously, in both your roles. If I were to take a classroom of kids, let's say first graders or kindergartners, could you guys pretty much point to kids that are getting a full night's sleep? It's... Is it's it easier to observe, um, and we see kids that hit points during the day where they're exhausted, and that's going to be natural. I think I would love to have that good old nap time in the afternoon yeah. with the preschoolers, mm-hmm. but I think when they when their engagement is is beginning to um, slide a little bit, uh, it's it's easy to see that because they yawn just like you did at me right now. Right. We yawn. <laughs> we we see the kids yeah. in in their classroom engagement that may be a little bit. Um, on the uh, geared downside. Mm-hmm. We don't want them to be such live wires throughout the day that, that they're out of control, mm-hmm. but we do see the body's um, engagement, whether it's sit down activities that they're just starting to slide and become you know, limp noodles kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Or sometimes, especially with the youngers, like they start to amp up and get crazier just because they're trying to keep themselves awake. And so sometimes, the crazier they are is just that like, hey, I'm trying to keep myself awake until I'm going. So, yeah. And it's a, it's a, for sure, it's a tough thing to get into that routine, but so important. Now, as you look at uh, students today, um, there's a lot of video game usage, um, whether it's iPads or phones or, you know, playing Minecraft. Um, what is what is some of the danger of that? Because we say, probably parents say, hey, we're not going to limit that this year. And before you know it, kids are sitting in front of it. But but there's a real danger to it. What do you what do you feel that that danger is? Not to take us back to the to the good old days when there wasn't the electronics that were the engagement factor. But I there's got to be a good balance of physical activity. There's got to be a good balance of Uh, that mental engagement, sitting down and reading a book, whether it's individually or as a family, those younger students that have that yet to learn how to reading, Mm -hmm. yet to learn how to read, that it's really dependent upon mom and dad and siblings that can sit down and take that time. And that be a a priority of time, uh, a bigger chunk of time. I'm afraid that we, if we were to survey our kids, we'd see that a large number of them are spending definitely more hours on a device some visual uh, engagement, whether it's, like you said, phone, mm-hmm. uh, gaming system, or uh, computer, that's having them away from some of those other physical, um, um, mental engagement activities that are important for development. I don't care if they're a three, four, five, six, seven-year-old in those early developmental years, or if they're a middle school student. There's There's got to be a proper balance of that. And parents, right. have to, parents have to continue to be the ones to monitor that and to... Um, portion that out. Yeah, I um, I think uh, setting that example also is huge. I mean, if, if we as parents aren't setting the example, then how are they going to learn? Uh, I remember in my childhood development classes, 
Um, so much of what a child does sometimes in their behavior is what they catch, what they see, what they're observing, and then almost mirroring. And um, sometimes the fight for um, I want to be on my to my game or whatever is that crying out, I, I want time with you, but I see you on it. I remember a few years ago, one of the classes I was teaching here, I asked students to spend some time with their parent. And one of my students came back afterwards and said, yeah, my parent wouldn't do it. They were busy on their phone that night and we did not get that five minute conversation. And that's not to convict because I know there's times I'm on mine too. I mean, I've been called out for, for sitting on mine, just uh, something comes up and I need to go to it, but it's making it, making sure it's not a priority. Right, that's where we started. That's a word, yeah. Priorities, Absolutely. yeah. I think for the youngins, um, a lot of the screen time, they just start flipping through it really fast, and so it doesn't help them to kind of focus on a task for a significant period of time, or if they're always on a tablet and not playing, like that creativity, that piece, that how to get involved into play, they don't understand. So I've had some mm. teachers say, hey, the student, we asked, hey, you play with your toys and he's like I don't know how to and they said well don't you play with toys at home and it was I'm, I play on my tablet and so I think that is one thing where it's like hey if they're not able to play with toys they're not able to think creatively they're not able to use objects in ways that they weren't really intended to use but it helps that creative peace mm. for them to grow and I know that a lot of times like we want our kids to be calm because they're calm and quiet in front of a device so that we can interact with other adults but if that's mostly what they're going to they're losing that peace and that brain development of how do I interact with toys like how do I play what does this mean how do I share with other kids so I'm a parent and you've just convicted me, and now I'm feeling like crap. Excuse the expression. <laughs> so how do I reel it back, guys? Um, we just touched on two, and for the sake of time, um, we'll probably just hit on one more. But all right, let's say you know, staying having a set bedtime's kind of gotten out of hand. Let's say uh, I've given my kids just free access to videos. What do I do? How do I or to gaming? How do I reel it back? I think some of it is um, not what not to do, but maybe something you can do. I think a lot of times like taking things back is really hard. I think if we are intentional about looking at the clock and about spending time with kids, like how do I show them and play with them mm. and interact with them? Like that's me putting down my device for a while and playing or working or talking with them and having setting up those routines on you know if I were to start putting my device down to help them get ready to and be like okay everybody I think if everybody can't use it it helps make it easier for everybody to kind of come together such a great way to look at it I had a parent come in today and say they said I feel like I'm just jacking my kids up Right, And I think as parents, there's no doubt we all don't feel that way once in a while, right? Like, oh, I've just failed. But I love how you said that, Janae. Instead of looking at, 
oh, I've done all these things wrong. What's the one thing I can do that would really put us in the right direction, that would be a better step forward, that would kind of get us into better, healthier habits? Priorities. So we, we talk about how our devices are becoming that negative piece. Let's use the device as a positive piece and how we can schedule our time. Let's, mm. We set alarms to wake up in the morning. Let's set alarms to say, okay, this is devices are all being checked in at this time or everybody's coming to the living room at this time or we're sitting down at the dinner table at this time so that everything else gets put aside. My family's worked really hard when we go out to eat that we are, even with older students, your older children, they're... 19 and 23 right now so we take our time to go out to eat together we put our devices aside Mm. everybody does the check as a parent of those older students i i know that's that's tough to watch parents that are younger people that are sitting down in the restaurant beside us and kids are sitting there on their devices while they're sitting down as a family and i go oh my goodness i am so thankful i didn't have that in the younger years conversation it's Janae you're talking about how to even play children are are struggling with that now because they're starting to put their hands on devices and that becomes their engagement what about the engagement with um, the the external play time uh, Mm -hmm. with someone it's the social piece that our kids are struggling with as well so to take the intentional time to to guide our kids into social interactive play outside of a, a device or a toy We've got to model that. Donna, you used the word model. It's we've got to come back to, to those things that we intentionally maybe schedule, put it on our phone to say yeah. this time is what we're doing right now. I think one thing that hits me with that intentionality and that social piece um, is family dinners together. We, you kind of touched on that a little bit um, and how important it is that, one, our kids aren't on a device they aren't watching tv like when you're sitting down together it's around a table and not a tv that they're you're because you're modeling social interaction you're modeling okay i'm trying foods that i don't want to eat and i might like it i might not but i'm going to try it anyway and you can talk through a lot of those things to help with like healthy eating that we talked about last week Or you can talk about how when we're at the dinner table, we sit in our seat and we ask to be excused. And so you're teaching those social manners as well that are going to be help you be successful when you are out at restaurants and you are with other people. So those are all training things that happen. And then you get that added bonus of you're learning about your kids. They're learning about you. You're talking. You're having arguments and you're resolving arguments in a way that is successful, you know, as, as things come up throughout the day. And I think that that is really important for adding into your week and trying to be intentional about sitting down and not around a device. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, that was an absolute in our family was the having dinner don't miss it was at a set time and you better be sitting there when the food was on the table and but i i look back so fondly at my childhood of great conversations and not rush time but time together of just talking and yes sometimes arguing (laughs) sometimes chewing on some things right but um, loving, it, it gave us a chance to, to go a deeper level and to love each other well. And time kind of slowed down a little bit. Yeah. Donna, as you talk about that, you, you may be identifying with certain time periods in your life when that was easier mm. to do that than others. When a child 
is pre-driving. You, you're the dictator of yeah. where that schedule goes. Right. But when they start driving and they get to, to high school, they their schedules may be different. They may have a work schedule that is during dinner time. They may have a practice Sports. schedule that's during that time. And we haven't even got into the, the busyness of that. But still having those scheduled times that we we make the priority of family time. We've done that even with our, our son now with Sunday nights is a designated time that we talk. Because we understand his his week is packed full of college and work and social and mm-hmm. play. But we set aside the time that we know, okay, we're all going to be in the living room at this time. And we're going to do the FaceTime together that we can talk together. Yeah, we, uh, our big thing was living out of that crock pot, right, during my <laughs> son's high school years. Like, there were a lot of crock pot meals because that worked. I was a working mom, busy. We were all going different directions and went to his games, but we wanted to come home to a hot meal, and, and that helped us to be able to do it. And there's lots of great ways to be able to have a meal, to be able to have that time together even as they get older. But again, I, I just sure. love how we started, right? It's priorities. And, and it's making that time and taking one step in the positive direction, not trying to change the whole thing at a time. I, I just think about what you said. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and that's how we can make some of these adjustments. Wow. Nice job. Good conversations yeah. today. Yeah, very good, very good. I think, and I think the thing that stuck out to me about all of this is wanting to improve our family togetherness time. I think, you know, with not having as many screens, with like getting that bedtime routine of going down together and having those ways and, and eating together. I think that is huge for building families up because mm. there's so many things that want to tear families down in this world and in our mind's eye. And so this is ways that we can intentionally build up family. Yeah. Great job, guys. I, I, I just go back to what my mom used to say. There's not much that a hot shower, a hot meal, and a good night's sleep can't cure. Isn't that the truth? Amen. So with that being said, we thank you for grabbing a seat and joining us at the village table today. And on behalf of Janae and David and myself, we just uh, really appreciate your time. And we will see you on the next village table. Have a great day.